Welcome. I'm Kevin Miller, and this podcast is called Self-Helpful because not all self-help is helpful. I'm your curator, critic, and translator of the best and brightest minds in the self-help world today. Five keys to becoming the authentic you. Understanding and becoming our authentic selves may be our greatest life quest. And I'd pose that it's just that it's a lifelong quest to expect less is really to minimize and I think miss it. And honestly, it's not something I really gave gravity and focus to until recent years. I've been pursuing personal performance most of my life, but I missed personal understanding and awareness. And I see a lot of high performers who, you know, this is the case for them as well. And it catches up to you unless you want to settle for achievements only and miss true peace and fulfillment. I don't want to settle, which is a big reason why I'm here studying the best of the best in self-help and bringing my findings to you so we can learn and grow together. This aspect of authenticity was brought to me by Vienna Farron, renowned New York therapist and author of The Origins of You. She has been my muse, and this is part four in my wrap up of my series with her. And it's left me with five key takeaways that I'm grappling with and striving to apply to my own life. Friends, thank you for tuning in. The Self-Helpful Podcast was founded through the Zig Ziglar Corporation. If you're a coach or consultant and want to add credibility, clients, and impact to your business, go to Ziglar.com today. This podcast exists to help you find and understand the guidance and counsel that will help you elevate your personal experience of life and the way you show up for others. Following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life, I bring you my wrap up on Vienna Farron and her message in her new book, The Origins of You. Big thanks to Vienna, who I'm continuing to talk with and get to know. And also thanks to Renee Marino, Broadway and big screen star and author of Becoming a Master Communicator, for helping me unpack this idea and topic further in part three. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, being authentic, it does not mean being raw and unfiltered. When I was a kid on the Amish farms uh, that my family was involved with, I'd watch them milk cows by hand into some old bucket, but they didn't give it to me that way. Actually, they tried sometimes. I didn't like that. But for the most part, that's not what they do. They pour it through a a sieve. They uh, get the straw and the dirt out of it. They'll put it in the fridge to cool. Some would cook it and uh, somewhat pasteurize it. So it's authentic, but it's not dirty and full of germs. In essence, we often mistake authenticity for this. We think to be authentic, our authentic selves is just bah, just raw and unfiltered. And that's not what it is. And that's how we miss it a lot and why we tend to polarize and we're either very, you know, highly modified and performing, or we're just, you know, super raw and, and quote authentic and we piss people off. We're not respectful. We're not, you know, considerate and whatnot. And in the midst of that tension, we just so often miss it. So point number one here is to be authentically you while also being caring and considerate of others. It's not just about being raw and unfiltered, but it is about being true to yourself while being caring of others. Next, can we be truly authentic? I mean, we come into the world programmed genetically, literally in the, in the womb uh, before the womb and in the womb, we are programmed and we've had shows and there's been a lot of studies on that. Again, we've got genetic propensities and then the day we're conceived in nine months in the womb, we are experiencing the world through that host, a mother, and we are being programmed. Then we come out into the world and touch the air and we are programmed and somewhat held captive in essence. I mean, we didn't choose our upbringings for better and worse. And that's not to vilify anyone. We've talked about that a lot, but we are programmed. So we don't leave our upbringing and all of a sudden we are our true selves. We're free. We're not free. We're very confined and contained. It will take a lot of work to find the true and authentic you, to discover that, to unpeel what's happened to you, how it's programmed you, how you have become as a result of that. And you have, uh, may have been brilliant, but you have become something in response to something. You have become something in response to something. When you get out of that something, that environment, that upbringing, now You have to do a lot of work to figure that out because we just think that what is, is, and it's not what is, was, but now you have to figure out what you want your is to be in essence. So number two, the true you is discovered to be discovered and then cultivated. You don't just easily and quickly divest yourself of your past and you never will to a great degree, but you can grow beyond it if you commit to the work. And very few people do. I don't want to minimize that. It's hard work. 
It's frustrating work. It's hopeful, but it's frustrating. And it usually takes a pretty good pain point for somebody to finally commit to the work. And if they don't decide to just settle, which is, is honestly where most people, where most people go. Next, we want to belong and attach more than we want to be authentic. This again happens day one of our life. Being authentic does, doesn't make this human desire to be attached go away. I want to belong and attach to my family, my friends, social groups. But what I need to watch out for is being untrue to my values and not falling into the bad patterns that harm me that lessen me, that gnaw away at me. And what stands out to me is how I need to first become aware of, accepting of, and attached to me. Do I belong to me? Do I want to belong with me? Am I okay with me? Do I know who I am? Until I do, to a greater and greater degree, again, there's, there's not some perfect arrival in any of this for anyone. It's a continual evolution, as I said, but until I attach to me, I'm not going to healthfully attach to anyone else. That's, that's a big deal. That's big medicine there. Do you attach to you? So number three is attached to yourself first. Then you can authentically seek healthful attachment that with others that is good for them and you. Number four here, when I perform or am disingenuous to myself in order to fit in, I don't trust me. I know I'm performing. And then to a degree, this is what I didn't get before talking with Vienna. Then I don't trust those who now accept me as I know what they're accepting is not the real me. It's the performing for them, me. And I don't really know if they'd like me if I wasn't performing. And that's not somebody's fault. I'm performing for people often. They didn't ask me to perform, but I'm just looking and reading the room and reading the person and I'm performing for them. And again, there is some aspect of care and consideration there. But if I'm now starting to bend into a form, it's not really me. Then again, I'm hurting myself and I'm being disingenuous to them. I offered something up and they just accepted it. And now we don't really know, gosh, do they know the real me? Would they like the real me. And I, gosh, even as I say this, this is uh, a tenuous place because there is a place to understand people. I mean, how to win friends and influence people. The, the classic Dale Carnegie book is about listening to other people, understanding them, but that's different than performing. That's different than, than making myself something that I am not. Now I may try to be the best version of myself and be kind and considerate and be a good listener. Uh, cause sometimes my, my, my honest self, my raw self is kind of a jerk and I'm disinterested and I'm, I'm impatient. And so that I do want to curb that, but that's not performing. That's just modifying my own self. So this is, takes a lot of knowing yourself and knowing what is again, being considerate to somebody else and not bending though into a shape that's not you. So number four, when I'm not authentic with others, I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting to them. I'm lying to both of us. And this creates a disingenuous relationship that's going to end up in bitterness and burnout. And we see that so often. I've seen that so often. 
Five, you have wounds. I do too. Whether it's big T traumas or just small T dissatisfactions, but every day there are negative tapes playing in our heads and ways that we think and behave that are not healthy for us or for others. And it's in becoming aware and working to manage and eradicate these issues where we find our authentic selves. So number five, the authentic you is found on the other side of resolving your personal wounds. I really came to that understanding in my part three discussion in this series with Renee Marino, as she talked about the inner child work that she was doing. So I hope those five keys are helpful and bring to light some of these key points that we've had in this series. And even though this episode is my wrap up in essence, interestingly, interestingly enough, we hit on it again with my next guest while my next guest, while talking about the Enneagram personality test, actually, you're going to get a lot out of us taking this, uh, I was going to say to another level, but down a different path. Thanks again to Vienna Farron and her message in her book, The Origins of You, and also to Renee Marino for helping me unpack this concept further. Thank you for tuning in to this self-helpful podcast where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience of life and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends. 